Boom blast. And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the east end of Toronto. Clean Cuts is a multicultural barber. They will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew, and as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointment now. Well, I had my appointment booked to watch a Raptors game, watch hopefully a Raptors blowout, and then enjoy some NFL football, you know, catch the end of the Patriots game, Phillip Rivers probably driving down the field trying to tie the game or something, then watch the Saints and Eagles game, but the Raptors game was there, they're playing the Wiz, and especially the way that the Raptor game started, man, kind of thought that this was going to be easy pickings for the Raptors. Raptors just went on an early run, this game looked like it was it was jam done early, and then you end up in double overtime. <laughs> and I know that it's bad to be up by that much against a team that doesn't have a good record, but at the end of the day, to still be able to pull out that win in double overtime where you have to gut it out because you know everybody's tired, the legs are gone, still a good win for the Raptors. So I'm going to give them credit here as they win 140-138 in double overtime. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for joining me on the Wrap It Up podcast, which you can see live on Twitter after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Take your comments and questions there if you just click the box and end up in uh, Periscope. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there. Also on Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander. Also taking your questions and comments there as well. But wow, where do we start with that game? Because it's it was really crazy, right? I mean, double overtime, 140-138, as mentioned. Kawhi Leonard put up 41. Sorry, that's not even, just giving a scoring number is not even fair. Kawhi had 41-11-5. Bradley Beal had 43, 10, and 15. That was a like just a great performance watching superstars go toe-to-toe like that. Kawhi Leonard for a run there had like 11 straight points in overtime for the Raptors. It was just a crazy game. And when you take a step back and think about the perspective here, Raptors have won now five in a row. They've won seven of their last eight, six and one in January. They improved to 15 and eight on the road. Things are going good for the Raptors, and things were going good for the Raptors early, but the thing to remember, right, is we talked about it after the game on Friday night. The Wiz have been playing well recently, right? The Wiz beat the Bucks on Friday. Now, I know Giannis didn't play, but a win is a win, right? You play who's in front of you. They also had a pretty solid game recently where they beat the Sixers. So they've been playing better. And we've seen this trend from last year as well where the Wizards just look better without John Wall. <laughs> For whatever reason that is, they just look better without John Wall. So the way that this game started, and it was a 1 p.m. start, which was kind of weird. And I was kind of worried that this game would look the other way in terms of the Raptors looking tired to start. But instead, they came out guns blazing. They were on a roll early on to start this game. It was... It was crazy to see the Raptors got out to what, like a 9 nothing lead early. It was 24-8. to eight. 
like Kawhi was hitting threes. He was putting the clamps on Bradley Beal, who started off this game, I want to say like one of nine, something like that for Bradley Beal. The Raptors were just doing work early. And this game looked like it was over. Siakam was doing work. It was the Siakam and Kawhi show early, right? And the thing was, we saw, again, this Toronto Raptors team with Kyle Lowry leading it, what the offense can look like. Kyle Lowry came out, Raptors' first 10 assists, Kyle Lowry had seven of them. When they're cooking like that, and I mean, mind you, at the exact same point, the Wizards only had seven assists total themselves. So again, when Kyle Lowry's cooking like that, when Kyle Lowry has the offense moving like that, this Raptors team is very tough to beat. And they were up big after one. They were up by as much as 19 after one. In the first quarter, they were up by as much as 19, but they led 36-21 after one, and they were just shooting the lights out, shooting 57%. As mentioned, Bradley Beal was only one of nine. The Wizards were shooting 32%, and even the bench came back in. The bench for the Raptors came in. Norman Powell looked really good again. DeLon played really well, but you saw the Wiz start to make a little bit of a push, and they closed on a 15-2 run. They closed the first half on a crazy run that made the game, it was only 11 points at half, right? Raptors only led 61-50 at half. I mean, the defense relaxed. The Raptors kind of took their foot off the pedal a bit, and you started to see Bradley Beal get going. The Wiz actually closed the first half on a 22-10 run, and you started to see them kind of build confidence there, right? Siakam had a great game. Siakam was doing a great job, especially in the first half. He had 16 points. He was leading the the game, 16 points in the first half. And it was weird because it seemed like the Raptors were still kind of pacing themselves to start the third quarter, right? The game got kind of close. The game got down to eight. Nurse calls a timeout. Kyle Lowry decides, okay, had enough, right? Finds Danny Green for a three, then comes up with a huge steal. And it was, again, the Raptors then flipped the switch, played more defense, took care of business again, right? But the Wiz just kept coming. They kept just, the offense just kept flowing. And mostly Bradley Beal just started to knock down shots, right? Also mixed into this was... Kawhi Leonard ended up leaving the game at a certain point in the third quarter, went to the back, went to the locker room with Alex McKechnie. He's favoring his left hip before it happened, but played on it for a bit, looked like he was limping, came out of the game. The Raptors were up still by 14 after three quarters. Still think the game's over, right? The lead gets cut to nine. Kyle Lowry with a big boy three, gives a LeBron you know, you remember the LeBron, the quiet it down, trying to, you know, say we got this under control. That really wasn't the case, right? Wasn't the case because there's a guy named Bradley Beal. And it's funny because there's been a lot of talk about trade talk and should the Raptors get Bradley Beal? Do they want Bradley Beal? Do they need Bradley Beal? Who would you give up to get Bradley Beal? A lot of conversation surrounding the name Bradley Beal and the Toronto Raptors, right? Again, we don't know how legitimate the trade talks are or if it's just speculation. But it's interesting to see a guy like Bradley Beal when his name being linked to the Raptors and just to watch him show off the full repertoire, right? And with that said, on the flip side, you kind of saw the Raptors laboring down the stretch because 
Kawhi wasn't really getting a lot of help. Siakam played great for the majority of the game, but again, he had what? What did I say? 16 first half points, finished with 24, right? He did a great job on the glass. He was getting a lot of rebounds, playing solid defense. He fouled out, which, I mean, it's a double overtime game. He's super active. He's all over the place. So you can't get mad at Siakam for fouling out. But at the end of the day, Kyle Lowry, 4 of 15, 12 points, 2 of 10 from three-point land. Now, a bad shooting night for Kyle. You saw Nick Nurse try to drop some plays for Kyle late, especially one of the plays, I think it would have been, what, at the end of the first overtime? And Kyle Lowry's shot wasn't really on. But he played 50 minutes in this game, right? It's a solid workload for Kyle Lowry. It's a lot of a workload for Kyle Lowry, right? So it's one of those things where you just try, at that point, forget everything that happened, forget the fact that you were up big in this game by nearly 20 points, and you just got to gut out a victory. And that's what the Raptors did. End of the day, that's what happened. And it was a great performance by Bradley Beal because, to be honest, I mean... I was just happy at a certain point that Kawhi came back into the game because once he leaves, goes back to the locker room during the game, I get worried and thinking, oh no, is this the moment Raptors fans have been dreading <laughs> to see the whole entire season? Kawhi Leonard going down with injury. So when he came back and he continued to play, that relaxed me a little, you know? That that was like, okay, everything's going to be all right. Kawhi's there you know that you're going to just give it to Kawhi and try to let him cook down the stretch. And that's when, as a fan, the NBA is really fun, right? Because it's your best player versus my best player. Who's going to make more plays? The Raptors made more plays down the, down the stretch. And I know that we only think of making plays as who's scoring the buckets, but it's also big-time rebounds. It's also big-time assists, right? The Raptors just made more plays down the stretch. I mean, it was a struggle for a bit because there are also a lot of turnovers by the Raptors, a lot of sloppy play by the Raptors. But I'm going to say that that's due to fatigue. Heavy minutes for Kyle, heavy minutes for Serge Ibaka. <laughs> Serge Ibaka. I don't know how I went this long without talking about Serge Ibaka hitting the, what turned out to be, I guess, a game-winning shot. I know there were points made after that. But Serge, man. Serge, 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 Serge. I don't know, man. It, it, it was such a crazy game down the stretch. I don't know. Do we want to go through like and break down what exactly happened during the, the, the late overtimes there? Because I thought, for one, Bradley Beal, you know, when he's feeling it like that, when he's just coming down the court and hitting transition threes, that's tough. He came down and hit back-to-back -back threes to end up tying the game. He had 40, I think he had, what, 21 in the third quarter? Like, it was just ridiculous. But it was crazy at the end. Kawhi had a chance to win the game at the end of regulation, and he slipped, slipped, still got a shot off, but you could tell there was no legs under it, right? He missed the shot. Then the Wiz still had time. And shouts to my dude, Adam Park, who made the point to me on Twitter, because I wasn't, like, Kawhi make or miss, but Parko made the point that, it wasn't so much about the make or miss, the miss in this fact, but it was more about taking the shot and leaving enough time for the Wizards to still get a good shot at the other end. And at the end of regulation, I don't know how the Wizards couldn't get the ball to Bradley Beal, but that has to be your only, 
you, like your only objective if you're Washington and the way that Bradley Beal was scoring down the stretch is you have to find a way if you have to run him off three screens you have to find a way to get him the ball I guess I should also credit the Raptors for playing solid defense and not letting him get the ball but at the same time they end up getting the ball to Jeff Green who misses a shot at the end of regulation game goes to overtime right overtime starts and as mentioned it was a Kawhi Leonard show Kawhi Leonard had, I think, 11 straight points at one point for the Toronto Raptors. He couldn't be stopped. I will say I was kind of worried, though, because there were moments where he slipped. There were moments where he was kind of limping, you know, but he, he toughed it out. And it was a good, solid performance by Kawhi. Kawhi was going at it with Bradley Beal. And I can't overstate this enough. And again, I only bring this up not to knock DeMar DeRozan, but just to further explain to Raptor fans, who I know love DeMar DeRozan, and rightfully so. But I only bring this up to further prove the point that there's levels to this shit, right? How cool was it to see Kawhi Leonard trying to guard up on Bradley Beal late in that game? Like, that's what you want to see from your best player, right? You want to see your best player take on that challenge at certain spots where you know he's tired, you know he's injured, you know he's limping around, but Bradley Beal is red hot, and yet you see Kawhi all up on him, trying to get up in his grill, playing solid defense. That is like the next level, a level that we've rarely seen with this Toronto Raptors team, especially when you think of their best players, right? The best players that they've had. It's rare to have the guy that is not only your best offensive player, but also your best defensive player, right? Just a great game all the way around. And there was a lot of weird calls back and forth. I think the refs were bad on, on both sides of the ball, right? Obviously, we know Siakam fouled out on a pretty phantom call, but there are bad calls both ways. And the calls that I hate, no matter who it was against, because I think it happened for the Raptors and for the Wiz, but the play where there's a clear foul, but you can tell the ref waits to see if the shot goes in or not before he calls foul. So if the shot goes in, he's not going to call foul. If the player misses, then he's going to call foul, right? That is the most annoying play, but I, I understand why it happens all the time. But it was just really weird. And I will say for the most part, the refs made bad calls, but they made makeup calls, so they didn't really affect the outcome. I know that sounds really convoluted and stupid, and especially for non-basketball fans, but there were a lot of bad calls in that game, going both ways. I know someone here on the chat says, more bad calls against us, bro. It will always be that way. Someone else says, Raptors don't get any respect. Now, I will say, Kawhi Leonard drives to the basket a lot and doesn't get fouls calls, which is kind of ridiculous when you think of the tier of NBA player that he is. He should be getting way more foul calls, and he doesn't, so I agree with that. Also, too, I will say I, I might be a little bit biased because I just watched, last night I just watched the uh, Inside the Green Room with uh, Raptors assistant coach Phil Handy. It was a good watch. Phil Handy's super interesting guy. But one of the things that he said in that podcast, which I found interesting, and this is a guy that coached with the Lakers, meaning he coached with Kobe, and he coached with the Cavs and coached with LeBron. So he was saying that the Raptors have to be the most disrespected team in the league in terms of just not getting calls. 
Like they just don't get calls. And he's like the same thing for Kawhi. And you know, Kawhi's not LeBron, Kawhi's not Kobe, but he's a tier down from those guys, right? And his point was just that he's never seen a team like that where they just don't get calls. And it's just very odd. And obviously he's biased now as being a coach for the Raptors. But, I mean, you watch Kawhi Leonard sometimes, and it's so weird, man. It's so weird. Like, he's driving to the basket. I know it's because he's so strong, and guys kind of, like, bounce off of him. So it might be tough to officiate if you're a ref. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's why you also hear Kawhi sometimes drive to the basket and he yells almost to try to get the attention of the ref, right? Was it the last game where he drove and you could hear him over the broadcast yell, oh my God, as he laid it in? So I don't know. It's a weird thing, Kawhi Leonard not getting calls. But the thing that I give the Raptors a lot of credit for down the stretch was the poise. And what was different about this Raptors team than Raptors teams that we've seen before is sometimes the Raptors in the past would get bogged down by not getting calls, right? And they would let them affect not only that play, but the following play after that, and they wouldn't get over it. This Raptors team, especially Kawhi, again, who's not getting the calls, he just continues to drive to the basket, and he might go to the basket even harder the next time. And the other thing is, Kawhi Leonard is driving to the basket and still trying to score, right? I always used to say this about DeMar, and Kyle does this sometimes too, where these guys just drive to the basket, and they're driving to the basket to get a call, right? They're not necessarily driving to the basket to score. Kawhi Leonard is driving to the basket, and he's trying to score while knowing that he's going to take the contact and try to score, right? Does that make sense? Notice the difference of what I'm talking about? Like, he's driving, and you see Kawhi end up with a lot more and ones but he's driving trying to score the basket. He's not just trying to to drive and have the refs bail him out. I did air quotes as if people listening on a podcast can hear, can see me, but you know, he's not trying to have them just bail him out by making a foul call and giving up two free throws. Right. But anyways, again, great game down the stretch and Bradley Beal hits a tough two to tie. I thought it could have been an and one, but again, this is what I'm talking about. There are bad calls both ways. I thought it was funny too. Bradley Beal hits a shot and he just saw him, Ice grill the ref. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. <laughs> Bradley Beal with the, the mean mug to the ref. Didn't get the call, but it was a tie game. Seven seconds left at the end of overtime. And the Raptors inbound the ball to Kyle Lowry in the backcourt. And Kyle Lowry ends up dribbling the ball up the floor and takes a, a tough fadeaway three. I don't know if I like that shot selection. I feel like I remember that play from last year's Raptors or like years past Raptors. So the, the play call was a little odd, but I also feel like that play is designed for Kyle Lowry to get the ball and have a full head of steam going towards the basket. Whereas I feel like he got the ball and he wasn't, he wasn't at full speed. And so Jeff Green, or I think it was Jeff Green or Reese, I'm not sure which one it was, but they were able to stay in front of him and Kyle had to settle for a terrible fadeaway three. I don't think that was a good look, but I'll say this much. I appreciate the fact that Nick Nurse was trying to mix it up and not just trying to dump it to Kawhi again so that Kawhi could just go ISO and up fake and, you know what I mean, and try to get another shot. Kawhi had two chances like that in this game already to try to win the game, for lack of a better term. And so I'm not mad by mixing in a chance for Kyle there, right? 
keep Kyle engaged, keep Kyle confident, keep Kyle, you know, engaged in the sense that, hey, you're still one of our guys. We need you, right? Because far too often what happens to this Raptors team down the stretch is that they just dump it to Kawhi and everyone else is just standing around and watching them. Whereas you need Kyle Lowry, especially when the offense was struggling at certain points in overtime, you want to see the Kyle Lowry that you saw early on in the game. The Kyle Lowry that's engaged. The Kyle Lowry that, what was it? He had seven assists in the first quarter, right? That's him leading the offense. That's him, you know, leading Serge into his jumpers, leading Danny Green into open threes. That's a Kyle that you want to see. But again, fatigue, again, like there's, there's a lot going on. So I understand it. But I bring up that point just to say I'm not necessarily mad with Nick Nurse for that play call because I think it was more about just giving Kyle a chance. And I'm okay with that. Again, Kyle's shooting numbers weren't good. But hey, if he hits that shot, we're having a different conversation. We're having the conversation we're having about your man, Serge Ibaka. <laughs> if only we could all have the confidence that Serge Ibaka has in his shot. No? Wouldn't the world be a better place if we were all as confident as Serge Ibaka is? Serge was 2 of 8 in this game. Serge Ibaka, now correct me if I'm wrong. I want you guys to be honest with me, Raptor fans. Let me know right now on Twitter and on Instagram. When Serge Ibaka got that ball, and he was at least a foot and a half behind the three-point line. It's not like he was right at the three-point line. But Serge Ibaka gets the ball, and he ball fakes to Kyle, looks off Kyle. Meanwhile, Danny Green is open in the far corner, which a lot of times the Raptors did not continue the swing pass to to. Danny Green, who is open, there's, like, if you go back and watch the game, how many times, if you just make the extra pass, is Danny Green open in the in the corner, and the Raptors didn't make the extra pass? And it was probably Serge that shot the ball and missed. But I want you guys to be honest and answer a question for me. When Serge got the ball, and he looked off Kyle Lowry, and you saw him gather up to make that shot, how many of you Raptor fans, like me, yelled, no, Serge, don't shoot? And that quickly turned to, wow, I can't believe he hit that shot. He just splashed it. <laughs> Shout out to Serge, man. Shout out to Serge. I'm going to get to some comments here. Don't worry, I'm going to go back to the beginning and get more comments from you guys on both Twitter and Instagram. But just talking about Serge right now, uh, Becky Mason says, made me nervous. Uh, DJ Raymond says, shake my head with the fuck me blurted out. <laughs> Uh, Austin says Nick Nurse was yelling at him right after that play. <laughs> oh man, it was just it, it's Serge Ibaka, right? That's Serge, that's Serge. I, and as much as I I was rattled by him taking that shot, it was almost like of course he knocks that down, right? Of course he knocks that down. Someone else on Twitter says he's not the one I normally like to take the three, but he did take that with confidence. And hey. That part is true. That part is true. I mean, he was wide open. He ball faked and shot it in rhythm. It's not the shot you want him to take, but hey, that's all right. Uh, I'm going to get to some more comments here. Oh, well, let's first off round out what happened at the end of the game, and then I'll get to some more comments. But Serge hits that shot. Great shot by Serge. Knocks it down. Gives the Raptors the lead. The Wiz had a chance. And the Raptors defense again. 
the way that they were moving around. They forced the ball out of Bradley Beal's hands. Otto Porter misses a three that would have given them the lead. Danny Green gets a rebound, misses one of the free throws, which gave the Wizards another chance, but they were out of timeouts. So they tried a touchdown play, and Kyle Lowry, maybe he's getting hyped up for his Eagles who are about to play in the Saints in a little bit, but Kyle Lowry goes up and plays a little safety, goes up and makes the interception to ice the game at the end, and it was kind of a great scene in the sense that Kyle Lowry and Bradley Beal both go up, they fall on the ground, and you saw the sportsmanship there, right? You saw the sportsmanship between both teams as they went over to help to help up Bradley Beal, who played his heart out, right? Played his ass. I want to ask you guys what you think because the Bradley Beal rumors are there. After getting to watch Bradley Beal, what would you guys as Raptor fans want to give up to get Bradley Beal on this Toronto Raptors team? Is that something you still want? What would you give up? Who would you give up? Let me know in the chat, and I'll come back around and get those comments for sure. But I want to go back and just get, I'll get that, I'll get your comments on Bradley Beal a little, a little later on. But for now, I'll go back to the beginning and read some comments, just overall what you guys think of the overall game. A game that, you know, to be honest, was way closer than people thought. Double overtime, crazy, wild. I just want to know you guys' thoughts on this game. And I'm writing down Bradley Beal just so that I'll remember myself to go back and get it, right? To go back and, and read your comments on that. But I'm going to go to the chat and get some comments overall on the game. And we'll start on Twitter where someone says, Raptors play horrible after they have double-digit leads. Yeah, it's true. I know this sounds terrible, but it's one of those things where the Raptors you take the, your foot off the gas. You don't want to see it. You don't want that to be a thing. But the reality is, you know that when this team goes all out on defense, it's jam done. It's game over. So when they come out that aggressively early, they're trying to put the team away. And they almost put Washington away. It's just Bradley Beal was that good. So you let them get back. It's within 10. It's within 12. They're kind of like, you know, going through the motions. But Washington didn't give up. Washington kept coming, right? And especially Bradley Beal. So it's interesting. They took their foot off the gas. It's not a good look. But again, I'm not that worried about that. It's just sometimes how NBA games go, right? Looks like the Eagles just got an interception. I'm sure my guy Webby is hyped up right now. Eagles get an INT. But anyways, let's continue with more uh, comments here. Kawhi basically won this game by himself. He scored 11, all of the 11 points in the first OT for the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, what a treat it is to have a guy like Kawhi Leonard that you just give him the ball and he's getting to the basket or he's making a play. I think the next evolution for watching Kawhi in, the, in crunch time is what are the other Raptors doing around him, right? Like, are you just giving him the ball and everyone's just standing around? Or is there some movement? Is there some action on the other side of the court where you're seeing back screens or just something to set up a play? Something that's not just, okay, Kawhi, you just go ISO. Because what's going to happen against other teams, what's going to happen in the playoffs, or even just against good, well-coached teams, is you're going to have everyone sagging off Kawhi Leonard 
and Kawhi is going to be like forced into double teams and it's going to be kind of tough, right? You saw some plays where he would drive and he kind of took the double team and tried to find Lowry. Lowry missed an open three, which Lowry will normally knock down. But those are the things I'm talking about in terms of as the chemistry continues to grow, you'll see Kawhi be able to make that next play where he gets the ball, drives, the defense is going to swarm, but someone's going to be open and he's going to find them. Maybe Siakam cutting to the basket. Shouts, Kawhi had a dope no-look pass to Siakam in the first half of the game. That's just like, when you see him do stuff like that, you're like, oh, okay. Wasn't really sure you had that in the arsenal, but okay, Kawhi. I see you. Uh, more comments from Instagram. Or no, I'm going to go stick with Twitter here for a bit. Uh, I wish we had Beal, but I have doubts. But I have doubts the Wizards will trade him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if I'm the Wizards, I'm trading Bradley Beal. It's got to be a, a a great deal, and I didn't mean to rhyme that. That's terrible. But it's got to be a lot in terms of uh, a package that you'd be getting back because Bradley Beal is a legit all-star, right? And so to give him up and start your rebuild, and I mean, really, it's kind of tough because you still have John Wall. So Beal is the one that you would probably rather keep He's under a better contract. I don't know if he's a better player than John Wall, but he's probably, you know what, for your system, for your team game, he's probably, he's a better player. Even though John Wall individually might be the better player, it's it's close, it's close. But I feel like more teams would rather have Beal. He's definitely the better asset. And so if you're going to try to rebuild, you could probably get more for Bradley Beal. I wouldn't trade him unless I got a crazy deal coming back maybe getting uh, picks somewhere high in this highly touted uh, NBA draft coming up. But we'll see going forward. It'll be super interesting. Uh, someone else says, I hate Beal's cockiness, but once he's on the Raptors, I'll start to love it. So Raptor fans would be in on Bradley Beal, eh? That seems what seems to be the vibe I'm getting here. That's interesting. But uh, let's keep it going here. More comments here. Kawhi should get more calls. He just doesn't flop like Harden. That's also true, right? I think that's a thing. As I mentioned before, when you see Kawhi Leonard driving, he's driving to the basket and trying to score. He's accepting the contact, and he's strong enough that he's still trying to score. So to the ref, you know, maybe it doesn't look like he's getting fouled. Where you have Harden, you have other guys, you know, Damar, even Kyle, but you have other guys in the league where they're driving to the basket, and they're just driving to try to get the contact. They're not driving to try to score baskets. But it's almost a detriment for Kawhi Leonard's, you know, free throw attempts that he is so strong and that he can take the contact and score. It's a weird trend, but I feel like the more and more this gets brought up, the better it will be come playoff time. If you think back to Greg Popovich, you think back to Phil Jackson and the mind games that those guys would play from like the middle of the season where they'd start campaigning for certain things so that by the time the playoffs rolled around, you know, Phil's making sure Shaq's getting his calls, right? It's it's just an interesting thing to see, but interesting thing to pay attention to as well. Uh, more comments from Twitter. Needed to win, need to win in Boston next week to send a message. Whoa, the Boston Celtics are in some trouble, huh? <laughs> Maybe we'll end this podcast by talking about Boston in a bit, but wow. It's what, back-to-back -back games where we're seeing players openly 
arguing with each other on the court, that's not a good look, right? First off, it was um, in the huddle, it was Marcus Morris and Jalen Brown going at each other. Marcus Morris shoving Jalen Brown and then having to be separated. Then last game, it was Kyrie upset that uh, Hayward didn't pass him the ball on the inbounds for a last second play. Instead, he passed it to Tatum. Tatum missed the game winner. And Kyrie openly wasn't happy, wasn't happy about it, right? Also had some really weird comments in the postgame about the young guys aren't ready. They don't know what it takes to win championships yet. It's just super interesting <laughs> to see what's going on with Boston and also to see this whole Kyrie thing, right? Because Kyrie left, he left Cleveland because he didn't like the big bro, little bro stuff from LeBron, or at least in part, that was the thing. But now he's going to Boston and essentially doing the same thing where he's like throwing shade at the young players in the media exactly what he didn't like about LeBron. Interesting. But yeah, big game coming up against Boston for sure. But let's stick with this game as the Raptors win against the Washington Wizards in double OT, 140 to 138. Kawhi Leonard with 41 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Bradley Beal, 43 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists. What a crazy, crazy game. Raptors have won five in a row. They are rolling. But yeah, I asked you guys, what did you think of Bradley Beal? Do you want Bradley Beal on the Toronto Raptors? What would you give up for Bradley Beal to get him on the Toronto Raptors? On Twitter, I see a comment here that says, Bradley Beal for DeLon, OG, and JV. I don't know how that works on the trade machine. That might be kind of close once you add in JV's contract. But I'll be honest, if that's me, yes, I'd make that deal if I'm the Raptors. I'd give up DeLon, OG, and JV for Bradley Beal. Because you're talking about your starting lineup being Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal, Kawhi, Danny Green, Serge, or I guess Siakam, and then Danny Green comes off the bench, whatever. Pick your poison. You do that. You definitely do that. The one thing I wonder, okay, and it's interesting as we talk about Boston, the one thing I wonder, though, if you bring in Bradley Beal, okay, and now you have Bradley Beal who needs a ball in his hands, Kawhi needs a ball in his hands, you're seeing the evolution of Siakam with the ball in his hands, even though he goes a little too ham sometimes, but still, needs a ball in his hands, and obviously Kyle Lowry. Is there too much? Is there enough ball to go around if you add Bradley Beal to this team? And I say that again using Boston as the example, right? Because the way that the Raptors are currently constituted, and you look at the Celtics, right, as the example again, Danny Green is like the perfect complement to the rest of the Raptors. He plays solid defense. He doesn't need the ball, right? He doesn't need the ball in his hands to contribute. But you need someone to, like, accept that role. I play defense and I knock down open shots. You don't need to have, like, is the balance going to be enough if you add Bradley Beal to your starting lineup of Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard and Pascal, right? You got to remember, the Golden State Warriors are, you know, they're not the rule. They're almost the exception to the rule, right? 
the fact that you could have you have Draymond, who's a superstar, who does a lot more of the little things, but he doesn't really need the ball or need shots. Klay Thompson is scoring 40 points on four dribbles, right? He doesn't really need the ball. So you can have Curry and Durant basically handle the ball, take whatever shots they want, but also there's a trust in the entire offense that everybody's going to get theirs. Is there enough time for you, for the Raptors, to develop that if you made a trade for Bradley Beal? I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. Because you watch him on the Wizards, and he does whatever he wants, right? He has the ball. He can go one for nine and then just keep shooting because he's on the Wizards. On the Raptors, is he getting the ball consistently enough to do that? That's all I'm saying. It's tough. Someone else says, JV, OG, Malachi, DeLon, and a pick. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all interesting. I think what we're getting to is a point that you're not giving up Pascal. And I think if you're Washington, you make that deal if you get Pascal. And I don't think they, I, I don't think the Raptors would give that up. I wouldn't give that up. So I don't really see this being a thing, to be honest, but it's fun to talk about. It's fun to think about when you're watching Bradley Beal and Kawhi duel and go for 40 pieces. So it's interesting. More comments here as I'll read your comments because I did ask. I did ask the question, right? What would we give up? Someone says no OG. They would not give up OG. Um, I would give up OG to get Bradley Beal. That's just me. Uh, let's see here. I'm scrolling to the beginning of these uh, Bradley Beal comments. Someone says, OG and Pascal in a first-round pick. I would not do that, but I wouldn't give up Pascal. Pascal is off the table. You got to keep him because at least he's a piece that you want to build around going forward. Is Pascal going to be the best player on a championship team? I don't know yet. I don't think so. But he would be a key part of your team going forward. And more importantly, he's a key part of how basketball in the NBA is played in 2019, right? Long, athletic, stretch four or like wing four type player. You keep that guy on your team, right? Uh, another comment here on Instagram regarding the Bradley Beal deal. Honestly, depth is important and not knowing the status of Kawhi going forward, I don't want to give up much. I agree with that too. I think that's interesting. And people have brought up the fact that, you know, it's almost a case or a sense of insurance, you know, because Bradley Beal has a couple more years left on his deal. And so if Kawhi leaves, you still have Bradley Beal, right? It's not like, it's not like you're, you're, you're blowing everything up as Serge indicated last week. Right. But that's interesting. I don't know how much you'd want to give up, but it, it it's definitely an interesting, um, Someone says, would you give up Serge Ibaka in the deal as a salary dump? It's it's interesting, right? Like Serge Ibaka, Serge has played really well this year, right? And his toughest stretch has come with JV being out of the lineup. It's, it's, it's interesting because I, I feel like you'd be selling high on Serge Ibaka right now because I don't know how much longer this is can possibly last. But Serge has looked good this year, right? Serge has looked good this year. You definitely would be selling high on Surge, which is definitely an interesting point. Another comment from Instagram. Some fool saying, OG and Pascal, you must be high <laughs> on some bad shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not as in love with OG as, as some people are. 
I think OG is a solid player. I think OG, like, he's just not untouchable. I hate that term, untouchable, right? Like, even Siakam. Like, Siakam's not untouchable. I just wouldn't give him up for Bradley Beal, right? That's just me, though. Um, let's see, more comments. OG and JV might match salaries. You add picks. That might work. Yeah. I just don't think if I'm the Wizards, I take that deal. That's not enough if I'm the Wizards. Plus, the other problem is if I'm the Wizards, I want more draft picks in this year's draft, which the Raptors don't have. So you'd probably have to bring in another team to make that work, to add more picks. So that'd be super interesting. Overall, though, would you guys want the Raptors to kind of... Because to me, the move of getting Bradley Beal is you're doubling down on this year being all in, right? Once you got Kawhi, you were all in on this year. But if you also give up, you know, some of your young pieces, whether it's, you know, some facet of OG, DeLon, or Norm, or whatever, you're giving up pieces of your youth to get Bradley Beal, then you're really going in this year and saying, hey, we're trying to win a championship. Because it's one thing to be like, okay, we can win the East. It's another because if you add Bradley Beal to that team, I'm not saying you match up exactly with Golden State, but you're pretty damn close to matching up like perfectly with Golden State in terms of not all-star for all-star, but player for player, right? Because what Clay and Draymond do, they're great players, but they're all-stars because they play in Golden State. Does that make sense? And I don't mean that as a disrespect because you give them mad props for what they're able to do within that system. I'm just saying if you take them out of that system, their their rep, the cachet around them, isn't necessarily the same as it is with the whole team together. Uh, let's see. The man is a monster. He kills it in Toronto. I've been saying this. He plays really well in Toronto. Pascal's stock is the highest it will be right now. Plus, Serge makes some wicked food. <laughs> oh, sorry. This guy's saying plus his aunt makes wicked food. Is that for Bradley Beal? I don't know. Uh, more comments here. Emma says, Bradley Beal, but nothing we can afford to lose that they would want. I agree with that. Another comment from DJ Raymond says, my thinking on Beal is he would make a good insurance policy if Kawhi doesn't want to stay. If Siakam or Fred isn't part of the deal, I would pull the trigger. Beal would send Green to the bench. Yeah, Siakam or Fred. Fred is a solid piece for sure. I like having Fred in the lineup. I feel like as long as you keep one of Fred or DeLon, you're still good, right? Like, so I'm not too, too like, you know, Fred isn't a deal breaker to me as much as he might be to some other people. But yeah, I mean, if you if you go out and get Bradley Beal and you give up pieces of your youth, you're definitely saying we think we have a shot against Golden State. I think they have a shot against Golden State now. But I'm saying like, that's just me. Most people might not be on that same wavelength as I am. But I think you're, you're telling the world we're coming at Golden State. We're coming for the chip, right? If you go out and get Bradley Beal. Uh, more people throwing out deals. JV, Norman, OG for Beal and Sadoransky. I'm not doing, like, the Wizards aren't doing that deal. That's not a good, come on. JV, Norman, OG. It might be close, but I think they, they want picks. You got to have picks. You might like that from the Raptors' point of view, but if you're the Wizards... I think you need more than JV, Norm, and OG. It's interesting, though. People don't want to give up OG. 
let me know in in the chats guys who do you guys think is who are your who's off limits for you right is it siakam is it siakam and og is it norm let me know let me know what you guys think uh let's see beal is too expensive and can't play defense like og Again, I'm not gassing OG like that. I think OG is a really good player. No disrespect in that sense. But I'm not gassing OG because, like, Bradley Beal is an all-star, right? Like, right now, Bradley Beal is an all-star. Bradley Beal is so good, in fact, that as bad as the Wizards are, he's still going to be an all-star. <laughs> so my question to you is, do you, see Bra- do you see OG being better than Bradley Beal is? Meaning, do you see OG turning into an all-star? I don't see that yet, but that's just my opinion. Just saying. Just saying. Do you see OG being the best or second best player on, I'm not even saying a championship contending team. I'm just saying a top tier team in the Eastern Conference. That's my question to you, Raptor fans. Be honest here. Be honest. That's all I'm saying. Uh, someone else says, we don't need Bradley Beal. Um, someone said, how about talking about maybe grabbing Ariza instead? Hey, I'm all for those kind of moves. You've seen how important Danny Green is to the Raptors. Having like a Trevor Ariza, who would be way cheaper, but also just a playoff battle-tested wing tough defender. Yeah, Definitely not mad. You can't have too many of those guys, right? You can't have too many of those guys. There are guys under the radar that you'd be super interested to see, you know, would the Raptors be interested in? Guys that shoot the three, guys that play defense, you know, guys that might not be, like, underused right now or undervalued because Ariza's on a team that, especially without John Wall, the Wizards aren't necessarily a top team anymore, you'd assume, in the NBA right? Or in the Eastern Conference for sure. But you look at guys like that. You look at like, where's J.R. Smith? Would you take J.R. Smith on the Raptors? Is that a thing? J.R. Smith's at home right now, chilling. Would you take J.R. Smith on the Raptors? Give you some extra minutes. But I just think the point is that you have guys who are the lower tiered from Bradley Beal to where you wouldn't have to give up much of your future, but they give you solid veteran presence that can shoot the three, play defense, you know, I think that'd be interesting. Uh, more comments here, because I'm glad. I'm going to continue to, I'm going to try to get to all the comments here, bro, Bradley Beal, because, hey, again, it was almost perfect to see Bradley Beal with all of the rumors going on for the past couple weeks. It was almost perfect to see Bradley Beal just go off against the Raptors to almost tease the fan base that gets so in love so easily with, like, the simplest internet rumor. But uh, here we go. Someone says, Beal would get Beal would not get the shots he needs in Toronto. No deal for Beal. That's my worry there too. Bradley Beal is a great player, but would he be okay not getting the same amount of touches or not getting the the usage with the ball that he does in Washington? That's interesting to me. I don't know how that would go. Uh, we need another playmaker slash sharpshooter. Agreed. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, another comment, but we need more three threats, and we got good defense in all of the other starters. It's a great point. You can't have too much shooting. 
I just don't want to give up too much for Bradley Beal. That's my point. Uh, someone agrees and thinks that Trevor Ariza is a solid plan B. Um, more comments. Pascal is at his highest value right now. And right now, what? Pascal is at the, his highest value right now. And now is not our best chance. Interesting. Okay. Um, someone else wants to take the shot and get Bradley Beal. That's super. I mean, this talk isn't going to go away until the trade deadline. And it's going to be super interesting, right? If you have names that people are interested in, in terms of Bradley Beal, in terms of Anthony Davis, the Celtics continue to slide. LeBron's doing his thing where he's been out of the lineup. Lakers struggling without him. I think they're really trying to see to see what they have, but also showcase some of the young players that could be available in a potential deal, right? The trade deadline is going to be fun. I mean, it always is in the NBA. I, I mean, I don't know what time of the year isn't fun in the NBA, <laughs> but definitely right now is super interesting. And this was a great game to kind of see the Bradley Beal show, what Bradley Beal can do. When he gets hot, when he gets confident, man, it's crazy. Something that I find super interesting that I'd like to hear people's thoughts on. And this, again, I'm not saying that this is a thing. This is not a rumor. I'm just throwing this out there. Would you give up Kyle Lowry to get Bradley Beal? Like, do whatever you have to do to make the contracts work, right, on either side. Would you give up Kyle Lowry to get Bradley Beal? Just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Seeing what you think. I'm not, uh, uh, it's interesting to me, right? Because you get Bradley Beal, you could start DeLon or, no, or uh, well, you start Fred, obviously, but the point is you have, you still have DeLon and Fred to run your point guard duties. But now you have Bradley Beal on your team. I'm just saying, that's interesting to me. Super interesting. As the Kyle Lowry back is always going to be in the back of my mind. That's just me. That Kyle Lowry back injury is not going away, Raptor fans. So I'm just I'm just wondering. And if you're wondering why the Wizards would do that, it's because Kyle Lowry next season comes off the books, right? So you'd be clearing cap space. And, and you're just doing that to highlight the deal, right? Like you'd obviously still have to throw in some young pieces to make that all work. But I'm just throwing that out there. What do you guys think? Would you be interested in giving up Kyle Lowry for Bradley Beal? I don't know. How important is Kyle Lowry to the team? I think he's very important. I think he leads the offense. I think it's very interesting. But it's just one of those things that make you think, right? Uh, this team is evolving into greatness. And some of you greedy fans talking about breaking it up. Go back to watching hockey. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm leaning more on that side overall. I just find the Bradley Beal talk interesting. I love seeing the fan base get riled up over things like that. But overall, you're talking about a Raptors team that I think that starting lineup, they've had 15 different starting lineups this year. The team has not been like fully healthy. Like how many games have they played this season with everybody available and healthy? Right? And by everybody available and healthy, I mean JV and Norm and Fred and Delon and Kyle and you know what I mean like your your regulars. I bet you it's under five. So with that said, you've been juggling this lineup around, and the Raptors are still in first place in the entire league at thirty three and twelve, right? 
They're rolling still. As mentioned, 6-1 and one in January. They've won seven of their last eight, five in a row. They're still cooking. And here we are trying to talk about, do you want more? This team is nice right now. Also right, nice right now is the Eagles. Eagles are balling early. Webster must be going crazy right now. Either way, Raptors fans, great talk about what you would want to do against uh, against uh, Golden State. Would you want to get Bradley Beal? Uh, how did Bradley Beal look to you, Raptor fans? I'm interested in that. I find that super funny. I find it super interesting that Bradley Beal would have such a crazy, crazy game. Seems to be the fan base is split, which I think makes sense. Overall, I don't think that I would give up. I'm not giving up Pascal for Bradley Beal, but other than that, I definitely... I. I Definitely think about it and most likely do it for anybody not named Pascal. And by anybody not mean named Pascal, I obviously mean I'm not giving up Kawhi, right? Like, come on, let's be serious for a second. Uh, in the chat here, someone says, we were in tight games. We can beat the Warriors as is. Wow. <laughs> I mean, hey, right? 2-0 against the Warriors this year. Mind you, Raptors won a game without Kawhi Leonard, and they won a game with Kawhi Leonard. They won a game when the Warriors didn't have Steph Curry. They won a game when the Warriors did not have Steph Curry. I don't know. Super interesting. Super interesting. Uh, let's see. Someone says, Sheldon, you need defenders. OG is a good defender. Nobody said that OG isn't a good defender. But he doesn't even start. He doesn't even play crunch time minutes. You're talking about someone who doesn't even play in your crunch time lineup to adding someone who would play in your crunch time lineup. That person can't be untouchable. You can't be untouchable if you don't play in crunch time, right? You can't be untouchable if you're not even the best player off the bench, right? Off the Raptors bench right now, you're talking Fred, you're talking Norm, and then maybe OG. Sorry, when the team is full healthy, you're talking Fred, Norm, and whoever Serge or JV is coming off the bench. Then OG. You can't tell me that guy is untouchable. That's just my opinion. Just my opinion. Uh, yes, he will be an all-star. Very high on OG. I think he has a bigger upside than Pascal. Wow. How many people agree with that statement from this user here? Uh, I think his name's Sean on Instagram. I don't see it, but hey, I could be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Uh, another person here on Instagram. I personally have not seen any improvements in his game this year, which, you know, is tough because OG, obviously, there's a lot going on in his personal life as well. He's gone through a lot in the preseason where he missed a lot of time with the team due to family issues. So there's been a lot going on with OG this year, right? So we do got to give him a little bit of a, of a break there for sure. But with that said, I still don't think that he's untouchable. I also think, too, that Masai loves him. <laughs> and it would take a lot for Masai to give him up. But is a lot Bradley Beal? Time will tell. More comments here from Instagram. I don't see him being better than Beal in the future, but OG's length is important. See, again, like, I'm not going by that Jay Billis, like, wingspan and all that stuff. Like, 
I'm talking about what's the now. Bradley Beal is good, right? I don't know what OG is going to be. So that's not stopping me. OG is not stopping me. Uh, more comments. No for J.R. Smith. <laughs> Someone else asking if Trevor Ariza can be traded again. Why can't he be? Uh, I don't see why not. Uh, I asked about Kyle Lowry. I see someone says, Kyle, hell no. Back-to-back hell no's. Just a no. More no's. Not midseason. Someone else says, that's crazy talk. More comments. Kyle knows the offense. (laughs) That's funny. So, okay. Okay. I was just throwing it out there just to ask you guys. Raptors fans clearly against trading Kyle Lowry for Bradley Beal. Uh, Someone else brings up Beal is injury prone. Yeah, interesting. Um, More comments here. Ask yourself this. Would you have traded DeMar or Kawhi? Uh, Yes, I would have traded DeMar. Very easily, actually. I would have traded DeMar DeRozan. And I was all for trading DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard. As soon as that happened. Other interesting point. Someone was bringing up to me that it came out the other day that the Raptors were trying to get Paul George for DeMar at some point. That's super interesting. But anyways, uh, it, I would say the consensus has to be that people do not want to give up too much to get Bradley Beal. It's a nice thought in general, but that's about it. Uh, overall, though, I think the point to what Kyle has made by this user here on Instagram, if you trade Kyle, do it in the offseason. Totally agree with that. Don't think you do that mid-season. Serge is probably right with the whole, once Kawhi's done, if Kawhi's done, nobody's safe, right? Uh, overall, thanks for you guys for tuning in on Instagram. If I don't wrap this up in the next minute, 20 or so, shout out to the people on Instagram. Appreciate all your comments and questions. Apologies, I didn't get to all of them, but I did try. I did make an effort. Shout to you guys, though. And shouts to the people on Twitter who tune in live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Appreciate you guys with your comments, questions, and concerns as the Toronto Raptors win yet again their fifth game in a row, their sixth win in their, oh, sorry, their seventh win in their last eight games. The Raptors win 140 to 138 in double overtime in Washington, an afternoon game, setting up a big boy matchup on Wednesday against the Boston Celtics. Tune in then. We'll be back for that one to discuss it here on the Wrap It Up podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And if you missed the podcast live, you can tune in on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. Just search the hash. Just search Wrap It Up on Blast. Someone else is telling me to remind people to don't forget to vote for Kawhi and Kyle for the All-Star game. Totally true. Agree with that. Totally. Vote for Kawhi to make it in. But I appreciate you guys sending in your comments and concerns because this was a great game. It was an incredible game. And again, we'll be back here to discuss the next big game, which is on Wednesday. And I'd like to shout out Clean Cuts Barbershop for sponsoring the podcast. Once again, shout out to Skip and the crew. Go make sure you go see them. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointment. Just ask Skip and the crew. They'll take care of you for sure. And again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And as a wise man once said, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, 
See ya. Boom, blast.